Welcome back to Generally Assembled. And we're also doing this special episode with, by the way, did you know we have Representative Ecker here uh, doing this podcast with us in addition to some other folks we'll get to, to here in a minute. Yeah, it's like those uh, joint things with Chicago PD and Chicago Fire and all of them joint. This is, this is what this is all about, right? Yeah, but you know what? Look, I can't get into the Chicago series because for me, there is only one proper Chicago emergency show, and that's ER. Um, that's fair. ER is the original. It's the GOAT. And I, I, look, I have not watched one episode of Chicago Med in my entire life, but I do want to know if they mentioned County General Hospital at all. In that, do they exist in the <laughs> same universe? Um, if not, why, why? They're both NBC products. Uh, but look, I have gone through, and I don't know if I've ever expressed this to any of you before, and watched the entire series of ER all the way through, front to back, uh, twice uh, in a row. Not to mention all the times I watched the first episodes when they first came out and the reruns on TNT, etc. Uh, huge ER fan right here. I think it's one of the best shows ever created, uh, hands down, uh, except the last like season and a half, which were actually not very good. But And welcome back to J- Jason Gottesman's <laughs> reviews of Things in Life on uh, TV. 90s TV. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I do send out a movie recommendation every day to the communications department. Uh, that's a big burden because it shows that I've watched a lot of movies, which... Um, shows how I've gotten to this situation. Um, all right. Anyway, uh, we have uh, Mike Straub here from uh, from Generally Assembled and a special guest, uh, Representative Thomas Kutz. Uh, Representative Kutz, you're a freshman bar. I know you've done, by the way, did you know before, but you haven't been on Generally Assembled. Um, why don't you just tell us a, a little bit about yourself so uh, people can get to know you. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Um, look, you got to have a warm-up act, right? And I appreciate Torin letting me warm up with, by the way, did you Ouch. know? And uh, <laughs> working my way up to generally assembled here. So, uh, look, I represent the 87th House District in Central Cumberland County, Mechanicsburg area. I'm born and raised around the Harrisburg area, uh, Grove City College, Widener Law Commonwealth graduate, and glad to be here in the House as part of this Republican caucus and excited to really get some things done and to have the opportunity to be a part of a team here that, you know, can really do some good in Pennsylvania. Great. Well, uh, you know, we want to talk to to you guys about uh, something very, very specific because it's been uh, in the news a lot and there's really two paths that have been being pursued here. It's voter ID. Um, And I think we should you know, we've called it in the past enhanced voter ID because we already have a voter identification requirement here in Pennsylvania. There is Senate Bill 1, which was sent over from the Senate, and you guys have introduced a standalone constitutional amendment in the House. Why is having an enhanced voter identification uh, constitutional uh, amendment important with where we are right now in 2023? This issue has been something that constituents across my district and across Pennsylvania have said that they wanted. 74% of Pennsylvanians have said that they want voter identification, enhanced voter identification. We're one of 15 states in in the country that doesn't offer some form of um, voter identification on election day. Many, many moder- or modernized countries, industrial countries across the, the, the world use voter identification. This just brings us up to speed to what the rest of the world is doing as far as securing their elections and making sure when you go into the ballot box, we're counting your vote and your vote matters. And Jason, look, I think what we talk about with elections is we want to make it easy to vote and hard to cheat. And the nice thing about voter ID is it kind of strikes the balance there where, you know, we want everyone to be able to vote. And to that end, 
IDs will be provided to everyone free of cost so that no one will be disenfranchised and everyone can have that much more confidence in the process knowing that everyone has to present an ID to get in to vote. Yeah, guys, I don't think any single issue in my time covering this building and working this building has been hijacked more often, manipulated more often, uh, the, the edges turned into different factions more often than the question of voter ID. The process of proving who you are is something we all have to go through on a regular basis. Get on an airplane, automatically you know you're going to prove who you are before you take your seat. Go to your doctor's office, you want to make sure that the right person they're going to have in the, in the office when the doctor comes to see you. Check out a book from the library, make sure that your library card says you're in the right library to get books from it. I have it to show not, my ID to get to work every day. Every single day. It's or not go to the governor's process. inaugural ball, right? Okay. Go to the governor's inaugural ball. Yeah. And so the point is, is that at a time in this country where people from all sides of the political aisle for the last 10 years or so have constantly come up with reasons why they go, oh, this election's making me uncomfortable. Go back to things that Governor Wolf did to have to make sure that we had a paper trail of, of votes. Go back to things that happened on the national scale. People need to have their faith and confidence restored in the election process. A huge part of that is knowing that when you make your vote in that process, when you show up in your polling place, they know exactly who you are and that your vote counts for you and only you. The simple task of proving who you are is not an enormous step. And to your point, Representative Ecker, it's not a this isn't a political move. Seventy-four percent of voters, both sides of the aisle, recognize this is a common sense measure. Yeah, and Mike, the notion that this is just a Republican issue is really not correct. Look, this has been a bipartisan thing, and, and you talk about people who have had questions about elections. Twenty-two years ago, it was Democrats saying that George W. Bush was not legitimately elected, even after a hand recount. So both sides of the aisle want to make sure elections are secure. I think everyone wants to know, coming out of election night, exactly what transpired and, and who our elected leaders are going to be. And, you know, we just had a policy committee hearing about this yesterday, and what we had heard was testimony that even 65% of independents want voter ID. So we're talking about three out of four people, at least there are some polls nationwide that put it over 80%. Four out of five people say voter ID is good. And for us as elected officials, my goal here is to let the people decide. You know, we should not let politics and partisanship in Harrisburg stand in the way of the people being able to have this proposal. And that's why I'm proud to have been the prime sponsor of the voter ID constitutional amendment here with Representative Eckert. And you remember last session, we passed a, a form of voter identification and two separate bills, which were both vetoed by the governor, which ultimately after signing or after vetoing them, the governor himself said, you know what, we can probably revisit this 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 voter ID issue. issue. So he, he himself, I think, even recognized that voter ID is something that's probably coming to Pennsylvania. And it was just a gut reaction. And this is a mainstream idea. You mentioned, Torin, that you know, we're one of 15 states that don't have comprehensive voter ID laws. But as the Democrats like to point to Europe all the time, 46 out of 47 European nations have voter ID and comprehensive voter ID at that. The last one is the United Kingdom, who is starting to implement it this year. So you can't even look around the globe and say that other places don't use ID to secure their elections. Pennsylvania should be no different. Let's go back just and take a step back and, and get to the heart of the why we're doing this, which is so very important. This is about restoring an area where people have a lack of faith in our election system. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Why is restoring that lack of faith something that is so important 
I think it's important that we respond to our constituents in a way that things that they're asking for. And we've talked about all kinds of things over the last couple of years with our elections. And this one is, is the central issue that I think folks on both sides from every walk of life gets around and agrees on that voter identification is a way to secure our election. One person, one vote. Every vote matters. As someone who won an election by one vote, that's really important to me. And by sh requiring someone to show up and approve who they are is, is, is paramount to our election system. And Jason, the other thing is you have to show an ID the first time you vote at a precinct. Every time you move, you have to show an ID to vote. And it's important also to point out that this doesn't have to be a photo ID. This isn't, this isn't saying that only your driver's license is the only thing that you can use to prove who you are. There are a number of accepted forms of identification so that you can prove who you are. And guess what? If you, if you forget your ID at home, you still vote. You still vote, and then you prove your identification later, and your vote still counts. So there is no way that this can be disenfranchising anyone. So hold on. Breaking news. Let me just get this right. Everybody who is voting right now already has shown ID. That's correct, Jason. If you voted in the, in the last election, and you at some point had to have shown ID, in order to do that. That's correct, right? Yes, that's so right. You, so what you're telling me is that Pennsylvania already has a voter ID law as well? Well, I guess, yeah. And so I guess what I'm getting at is that this is not a high bar right. to, for people to meet. It, you know, the, let's, let's, let, I want to take a step back before we get to this. I, I've always liked to think about this as a way to restore trust in government because you can't have trust in the government if you don't have trust in the system that elects it. Just think about everything that we went through in 2016 part of the erosion of the trust in the presidency was this myth that the election was not fair um you know th there needs to be that underlying trust that the system that elects our government is um is buttoned up tight so that we can have faith in the government itself as legitimate yeah jason free fair safe secure but you need all of them, right? And what you want is a system where everyone can go out with confidence and say, look, even if my guy or woman didn't win, I got to vote and my voice was heard and my vote was counted. And in every other facet of life right now, we're trying to add extra security, extra layers of because of all the fraud and scammers are out there. Why would we not want to do this with our elections? Let's get to, to another point here, which is that Democrats and one of the counter arguments that gets made is that this is onerous. It's going to disenfranchise voters. It's going to create an impediment to voting, and it goes against our strong, our, our strong desire to increase enfranchisement. So let's go back to that point. Everybody that's already voted has already shown ID. Why are the Democrats wrong in that argument? Well, there's there's mechanisms too. So for example, let's say uh, you are a, a Joe from Delaware and. Uh, you're on the way to the precinct, and you realize, oh, I left my I left my uh, ID in my in my garage underneath my Corvette, and you get to the precinct, and you don't have your ID. Is there a mechanism there for you to vote? Well, yes, you can vote by provisional ballot, sign an affidavit that you are who you say you are, and then pr later provide the ID so that you your vote is counted on election day. 
Yeah, I think it's under the uh, the Help America Vote Act where nobody can be turned away from voting. If you show up at the polls, you need to be given a way to vote. And uh, there, yeah, and there's a process with provisional ballots to verify they are who they say they are. You are who you say you are, and it's gone through. And it's a way to again, it, it allows access to people to vote, even if you run into a situation where you don't have a identification. This is about everybody's vote. This is about making sure that we have everybody's vote count, and it's about making sure that everybody has confidence in the outcome of the election. Just because you feel as though this election uh, is being conducted in a safe and secure uh, manner where it's easy to vote and hard to cheat, that doesn't mean somebody else will. And if, if having to do something as simple as provide identification will get us over that hurdle of restoring confidence in our election system, uh, it's a no-brainer that we should do that. I just want to go back and talk about the process. So you guys have a constitutional amendment. Would you need a statutory follow-up to that uh, to implement a voter ID requirement? Yeah, I think it'd be good practice. I mean, look, we've been trying to reform our election code for a number of years now, uh, but the governor keeps vetoing these bills. Uh, so I think ultimately to identify what forms of identification would be proper, we've already put them out there in two pieces of legislation. There was I think a, a couple dozen, if I recall, forms of identification that you could use. So I think it would be good practice and good policy for us to follow up with legislation that clearly defines what that identification process is. And when you show up to the ballot and don't have ID, what is that mechanism to be able to get uh, your, your ballot ca uh, counted? Yeah, and Jason, look, we have already thought this through. Representative <clears throat> Mike Cabell and I are co-priming a bill that would outline exactly the specific forms of ID that are acceptable under a voter ID constitutional amendment so that we have in statute laid out specifically what is acceptable. Well, we, we skipped over something there that was, was red hot, that we just acted like it was normal. Okay. Rep Ecker acknowledged that he won an election by one single vote. I mean, we want to talk about how why this stuff matters. Yeah. Own a provisional ballot. <laughs> Own a provisional, provisional ballot. ballot. Yeah. Well, I would I would live in Representative Ecker's district uh, at the time, and my wife was actually going to go in and vote for his primary opponent. And I said, look, Torin Ecker's the guy. Don't rock the boat here. And uh, in the primary, she went and voted for Torin because I told her to. And uh, I let everybody take credit for yes. that. <laughs> How many people do you have to thank for the one vote? Yeah, I, people always question if my wife actually voted for me or not because it's uh, yeah. yeah. And and this was before recounts were cool. Like yeah. this was so. But no, it was uh, this. I, I take this stuff very seriously for that exact reason. Votes voting matters. Every vote matters. We've had a lot of close uh, elections over the last couple of years, especially in the state house that you know, a couple votes here or there. That year alone, there was uh, three or four races that were decided with less than 10 votes. So these this, this stuff matters. Well, I, and, and even this session, the, the majority in the General Assembly was decided by uh, just over 100 votes. Uh, mm -hmm. In some districts, yeah. it was, uh, what, one of them was like some 50. votes, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was just a couple dozen. That's All right, fair. well, uh, that's it for General Assembly this week. And, and by the way, did you know... All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for everybody for joining us. And hey, generally assembled listeners, uh, if you don't subscribe to Representative Ecker's podcast, uh, take the opportunity to do that now. And we would ask the same thing of Representative Ecker's loyal listeners. If they uh, don't listen to Generally Assembled, to please do that. We are available where all of your favorite House Republican podcasts are found. Big shout out to Ruth Topper out there. I know she's probably missing her son's voice on this for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, uh, uh, Jesse Topper, MIA. We're going to send out a crew to Bedford County to, to find him. 
Uh, bring him back in here. Look, uh, maybe our sergeant at arms needs something to do. We'll send him out uh, to, to Bedford. Uh, bring bring Representative Topper back. I saw him the other day in his classic uh, look, like he was uh, the uh, what was the guy from from the first Iron Man movie? The the Jeff was it Jeff Bridges? Yeah. It looks like he wears that tan coat. And he looks like Jeff Bridges from uh, from uh, from the first Iron Man movie. He's got the, the, the shaved head, yeah. and facial hair, uh, very intimidating. Anyway. Uh, Representative Topper, we certainly miss you on Generally Assembled and uh, hope Ruth keeps listening despite your absence. Um, all right, so we're available where all of your favorite House Republican podcasts are found, www.pahousegop.com slash mypodcasts. Also available on Apple, Google, and Spotify. All right, thanks everybody. That's it for this week.